Well, hello, Fellowship family. Great to have you. Merry Christmas. You are part of history. This is the fullest this room has ever been. How about that? And so we are so honored to have everyone here, whether you're a part of the family or you're a guest. We're so honored to have you with us. Uh, last year, we did six services. And so I wanted to begin by saying I only have to do four this year, but you were, you were testing me on this service. We're so glad that you're here. Um, I want to kind of now direct our attention to uh, the purpose of why we're here. And over the course of this month, we've been looking at the purpose of Christmas. And the purpose is not necessarily just found in like Matthew or Luke, where the, the account of Jesus being born was revealed to us. But it's revealed to us in a, in a simple verse in 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy 1.15, nine words. If you, if you get these nine words, you really got it. It says this, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Now, up to this point, we've talked about Christ Jesus, who was fully God coming into, which means he became man, and he lived on this earth, and he he lived on this earth, and and it was a world in which he confronted to save sinners. Now, this last three words of this phrase here, I want to give you the whole picture of what we're talking about here, because the whole verse of 1 Timothy 1.15 says, Paul says, this saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. And, and what that means is we all need to agree on this is what he's saying. It's, it's deserving that everyone understands this. And then he says, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And then he goes personal with it. And I think we need to go personal with it too. He says, to save sinners of whom I am the worst. In other words, Paul wouldn't be going and you know, putting on Facebook, I'm the worst of sinners. We don't like those posts, right? That's too much information. He is saying that he's the worst, but Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. I want this to give, I want to give us a quick picture of why, you know, why this is important for us. Number one, we need to realize why Jesus came. We also need to realize, do I really need to be saved? How do I get in a right standing with God? And ultimately, what difference does Jesus make in my life? Now, this entire verse gives us a picture of that reality. It's a public picture of us all. We're all sinners. And it's a, it's a personal view into our hearts. We all need to be saved. And the three truths that I want to draw on tonight are this. Sinners need a savior. Sinners can be saved. Sinners can change. I know when you walked in here, you go, probably said, boy, I hope a word he's not going to use to describe me is a sinner. We don't like that word. We give a lot of pushback to that word because it reminds us of who we are. It kind of casts our light in more of a dark picture. And so we'll soften it. We'll go, well, so no one's perfect. And when we mess up, what, what? I'm, I'm human. I'm only human. And we make those excuses. But if you hang out here at fellowship for any amount of time, you're going to find a group of people who understand that we're broken, that we're not as we should be, that we miss a lot of expectations. And you aren't going to find perfect people at Fellowship Bible Church. Why? Because I'm here. (laughs) And if you're honest, so are you. 
And we kind of break that mold of perfect people. And that's why Jesus had to come to this world, to save us sinners. Now, what does sin mean? Sin ultimately means falling short. Falling short of God's expectation for us. His expectation is perfection. And I know what you're thinking as soon as I hear, as I say that. Perfection? Nobody's perfect. Exactly. Exactly. Before we move on to that, I want to talk to you about your own expectations. Because every day I wake up, I have some expectations. And so do you. For, case in point, think about Christmas time. Think about the holiday season and the expectations that you build. Kids, we're going to the four o'clock service. <laughs> Honey, there's an accident here. You want to turn around? We're going to the four o'clock service. Can I get an amen from any of you who had to navigate around that accident on 10th Street? You will wear not that shirt. Go change that shirt. I'm seeing a lot of nudges right now. We will open presents at this exact moment and not a moment before that. And so it's easy when you have high expectations, it's easy for people or you to even miss those expectations. I think especially at this Christmas time, it's easy to have expectations on recipes, on decorations, and even on your, on your Christmas picture. Case in point. Case in point. How many of you bought that? <laughs> it's a gingerbread mini village set. And, and when you buy it, you're, you're thinking, I can do that. I can do that. And then you open up the box and you end up with this, <laughs> right? You too. You buy it with an expectation that that, I know exactly the place, it, but then you get to the reality of, oh man, we need a physicist to do this one. Or, or these. Honey, think about these. These, it's no mess. We can eat them off the stick. There's not going to be crumbs, but you end up with this. <laughs> Or these. Now, these are just wrong. (laughs) Who has the skill to do those? Yet they sell the mold and they sell... This is kind of like cookie decorating at my house last night. We had an image of what it would look like, but for many of us, it ended up like that. (laughs) And I love that picture, kids. They they probably said, but we do have these sprinkles. We have these sprinkles. (laughs) And then there's decorations. How many of you love, you know, the inflatable house with the inflatable decorations and they're lit and you go by and it sounds like they've got a 747 living next to them for all the air that's being blown there. But then for most of the daylight hours, it looks like a crime scene. (laughs) Looks like a crime scene. Or then there's these, the instructions, the instructions, put colored water in a water balloon, fill water balloon, tie water balloon, place outside in freezing temperature, and in the morning, magical Christmas ice globes until this happens. <laughs> and you wonder why no one will deliver a package or why people don't come caroling around your house anymore. <laughs> 
And then there's pictures, right? Dad, dad with all the kids, look at how happy they are. No one mentioned that dad's not wearing a shirt, but he is. And then you try it at home and it doesn't work out. Or this one, it's our, it's her first Christmas and she's sleeping and we'll put that around her head. Shh, but get that animal skin and we'll put her on top of that animal skin and get her to sleep. But then when he doesn't fall asleep, when he doesn't fall asleep, it doesn't work out. Or then there's this. Now that's wrong too, right? Because this picture was taken right before there was a shock. Unless there's absolutely no way that's going to happen, right? Okay. Okay. Here's my point. Here's my point. If we can't meet our own expectations, how in the world can we meet the expectations of a holy, righteous God? And the answer to that question is the answer why Jesus had to come. We cannot. None of us can. All have sinned, fall short of the glory of God. And we're not in a condition that we can measure up, that we can just do a good, a few good things and it'll be okay, that our good deeds can outweigh our bad deeds. Folks, we're all knocked out of the game and we are doomed unless Christ Jesus comes into this world to save sinners. Having this understanding that you can't save yourself, that you must be saved, is a realization that I think is so important for all of us to get. It's worthy of everyone in this room understanding. We are not the people we want to be, and we're certainly not the people that are perfect, that God expects us to be on our own. We can't. That's why he even saw that. And that's why Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners. We all have to come to this realization. And if you've come to the realization, I think it's, I think you ought to consider that a gift. The Bible calls that a humble heart that understands who you are. You're a sinner. And Christ Jesus came as a savior. The angel said to the shepherds outside of Bethlehem, unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. Folks, this is refreshing news. We don't have to sugarcoat our lives anymore. We can admit it. We have a problem. And by the way, if we're honest, don't you despise the places that require you to hit a high standard and give you no grace when you don't measure up. There's no hope for you when you don't measure up. That's why everyone in this room here needs to be saved. We rebel against places that condemn us without offering us hope. And the great news of Christmas is this. The moment you understand your sin, you have a savior. You have a savior. Look at how Paul kind of develops this. Sinners can be saved. Sinners can be saved. In verse 16, which is the verse right after 1 Timothy 1.15, which we just read, it says, I received mercy for this reason, that in me, as the worst, Christ, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. Here's what he means by that verse. He's saying, look, I used to kill Christians. I used to want to stomp out the message of Christ. But if God can save me, if I receive mercy, then anyone in this world can receive God's mercy. Here's the truth. I don't care who you are. 
I don't care if you just received the Humanist of the World Award before you came in here, or you've created the worst crime that you didn't get caught for. If you humble your heart, admit you're a sinner, Jesus Christ is here to save you. Salvation is that whole picture. It was the plan of God that Christ Jesus came into the world to save us. Sinners can be saved. On the other hand, if you think I'm not that bad, I'm not as bad as that person, I'm not certainly not as bad as that person. And we always have that person, so we look a little bit better. If we think that way, and we think that we can just go to one more church service, do one more nice thing, give one more dollar to a a good cause, that that would make things right with God, we're actually going to be ruled by two things insecurity, and fear. Fear, fear always looks over your shoulder. What did I do to deserve this when something bad happens? When things don't work out the way you want, God, what did I do to deserve this? Always wondering if God is up there with a list ready to stomp out your life. And insecurity is wondering really, really, have you really done enough? How much do I have to do to really make myself right with God? Folks, this is no way to live. God saw us. He saw the reality for who we are. And he took compassion on you and me. And Christ Jesus came into the world to save us. And because salvation comes from a savior, it's something that's not earned or deserved. It's not a paycheck. It's a gift. And as we celebrate this gift, we receive it. We receive it and we thank God for what he's done in our lives. If you have come to the realization, not only of your sin, but of this savior who was born for you in Bethlehem, trust his work for you today. Accept his gift and you will receive forgiveness and eternal life because sinners need a savior. Sinners can be saved. And here's the last point. Sinners can change. Sinners can change. Paul kind of details who he was before Christ and who he was after Christ. He kind of explains it in the verses preceding this passage I shared with you. Verses 12 and 13. He says, I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service. Though formerly I was a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent opponent. In other words, even Christians couldn't believe that Paul could come to Jesus. Even Christians doubted the fact that he could be saved, yet he was. And, and his life before Christ and his life after Christ was a huge change. You might be where Paul was before he came to Christ. You may be resistant of who Jesus is. You may be cynical. You may oppose Christians. You may, be, you may be just in your mind closed to this whole idea of why Jesus had to come to, to this world. But can I say something? You're not alone. In this room, and I know some of the stories in this room, there were people here who were just like you, sometimes a year ago, others several, several years ago. But we've all been there. Many of us were there, but God worked out a change in our lives. And I would just say with you, I'm not giving up. 
As long as you have breath, the story's not over. You can change. There's voices inside of us when we mess up that say, you'll never change. You're always this way. And they give you despair. There's voices around us that say, that's just who you are. You'll never change. You always do that. There's a culture around us that says you shouldn't change. People need to change to accept you. And there's situations in your lives that say things will never change. They're always going to be like this. It's only going to be worse. And any chance of change is going to have to happen in your heart. You're going to have to listen to a different voice to experience that change. And I've found that my heart is really where change begins because it's in my heart that I become more loving, more accepting of people, more caring, more forgiving of people who hurt me or wound me, more patient, more kind, more self-controlled. How do I change? That's the voice of God. And it's the voice of Christmas that says to us, I can change you. When Jesus came to this world, he lived a perfect life, one you and I couldn't live. He died on a cross to pay a price you and I couldn't pay, even if we died for it. We're not a righteous sacrifice, but he provided that to his father. And he rose again on the third day. He defeated the power of sin and death. And the gift of Jesus is the gift of transformation in our lives. How do people change? Answer the same Jesus who saves, transforms. And I get to see this each year. I absolutely love these kinds of of, uh, celebrations when we can all gather together as a family and just reflect on God's goodness in our lives. Some of you, and I'm seeing God change you through a physical trial. Some of you have been diagnosed with cancer. Others of you have had mental illness this past year and things look dark. Things look grim, but you hung on to the hand of God this year. And although sometimes some, some environments didn't change, you changed, your heart changed and you're deeper. You're walking with the Lord. You're trusting in him. I've seen some of you trust in Christ in an area of faith. You had to just trust. He knew what was, he was doing in your life rather than you. And you step out. You took a risk. And I've seen him change you. Grow your faith. I'm seeing God change you through, change, changing you through, through uh, serving experiences. Some of you went to El Salvador or Guatemala this year. And you dug a well for people who didn't have fresh water. And today, this Christmas, they have fresh water outside their doorway of their house when earlier they'd have to walk three to four miles a day to get it. You are experiencing change as you are opening your lives up and as you are hanging on to the hand of God. I am seeing God changing you through life-giving relationships, friends that you've met, friends who are following this same Jesus that you gave your life over to. I think of some of your stories. Last year at this time, you were far from God, but God changed your heart. You trusted in this one who, who came to live a perfect life for you and die and rise again for you. And it all began with that change. And today, you're sitting here with your family, who that wasn't even a sure thing last year at this time, because Jesus is changing you. 
I love to celebrate that change. And you know, one of our, our vision here at Fellowship Bible Church is we see transformed lives leaving a godly legacy. Think about that legacy. When God brings us together as a family, I just love to see different generations seated all around this room. And I think about the story that God is writing in your life, a story of faith, a story of trust, a story of change. And I think about all those lives that are influenced and, and affected by that change that God is doing in your heart. It just gets me excited. Because they see, as you pass that down, you're rewriting history. That may not have been the story you were handed in life, but you're rewriting that story so that Jesus can be the greatest thing about you rather than all those other issues that happen in your life. We get to celebrate that change. Folks, we're all on a road to change. I'm not who I ultimately want to be, but I'm a whole lot better than I used to be because Jesus is changing my heart. We're not perfect, but we're following someone who is. His name is Jesus, and he came into this world to save sinners. I want to just ask you to consider what we've just talked about here on the real purpose of Christmas. And I want you to realize these simple truths. It doesn't get any more complex than this. Here it is. Sinners need a savior. Have you come to the point in your mind where you realize that you're a sinner and you need a savior? Number two, sinners can be saved. Have you come to a point in your heart where you realize there's nothing you can do to save yourself? You must have Jesus to save you. And this Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Have you made a decision? And I'm going to ask you to do that right now, to receive that gift from God of his son, Jesus, who came into this world to save you. By faith, just say, God, you see my sins, so do I. Thanks for showing that to me, but also thanks for saving me. I trust in Jesus alone. I turn from my sin to trust you. And however that's gonna look, I really wanna follow you. So however you're gonna do that, give me a heart to follow you. And if that is your mind, if that is your heart, If that is your will, you're saved. You're saved. It's receiving the gift of Jesus. Don't leave here without the confidence of knowing that you can be saved and that you can be be changed by the person and work of Jesus. That's what it's all about. That's why we're here. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, through Jesus, we come to you right now and we profess we need a Savior. Jesus, you are the Savior of the world. We can be saved only through Jesus. Only through Jesus do we have salvation. Thank you for reminding us we can change. It's with Jesus that we can change. Lord, give us the faith to trust you when we don't understand what's going on around us. Give us the faith to trust you when we know we need to make a step of faith rather than just living by sight and by impulse. Lord, give us faith to trust in you for change. And we thank you most of all for the greatest gift ever given to us. Christ Jesus, who came into the world, to save sinners. 
It's in his name we pray. Amen.